Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain, Metrics, and Whisperer. Yeah, g'day guys and welcome back you're watching the Insight NRL show, and we're going deep into the fullback position as our – it's a final position uh, deep dive as well for the preseason. We've gone through nearly every one, but we left fullback to last because it is probably the one that has a little bit of variety, but it's one of the highest upside positions as well. So I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I'm your host, the SC Brain, and the SC Matrix and the SC Whisperer are with me, Matrix. Uh, how was work today, mate? Last day of the month? You seem to be on a, a bit of a high this other. Oh, mate, I tell you what, when my kid woke up at 3.30, I was just charged for the day ahead this morning. So, um, you know what? A nice, quiet three hours of the Wiggles this morning just to ease me into my day. And then, um, yeah, just I was ready for the day ahead after that and about five coffees and two Vs. Mm. Yeah, you'd need every single one of those, wouldn't you? Uh, How you going, Josh? No, No Wiggles for you, I'm assuming. No, no. I'm a bit like Pete Murray, though. I've seen better days. I am very, very crook and have been for a little bit, but fullbacks will cheer me up. Um, last couple of, obviously, we went through a really, really dark stretch of hookers, front row forwards, and probably halfbacks where it was very grim to talk about, but there's a little bit to talk about in fullback, which is nice. Obviously, yeah, the biggest upside, most important position to get right. Yeah, for sure. There's uh, 
lots of relevant, or I won't say lots, but um, there's a few relevant options here that you, you could justify it starting with the majority. So we'll talk through all of those. But before we do, guys, the show is brought to you by The Standard Squeeze and Ryan from Astute Newstead. Make sure to hit subscribe and like if you haven't yet. If you're new to the channel, welcome. Uh, and hit follow and review if you uh, are listening to us on audio, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts iHeartRadio, I don't know, you pick. We're, we're probably there somewhere. Audible? Um, I think we're on Audible. Yeah, we're on Audible too. Yeah, good shout. Um, I, I think people go there to get their uh, audio books though. I don't think they're listening to us on yeah, Audible. I like, but... I like a good romance novel. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, guys, we've got an unlimited league this year. We are about 1,100 members in as well. So take on the community there. The, the code is 77141. That's the league code. It doesn't cost a thing to come in and, and give it a go. Take us on. Uh, we've got a Super Coach Champions ring for the winner of that league and also an $80 prize pack from the Standard Squeeze uh, for the weekly winner. So the weekly highest score. So so jump on in. If you want to get your own Supercoach Champion ring, you can get one at supercoachchampion.com as well. Now, boys, we, we should jump into the most owned. We'll talk about the 10 most owned first. And the 10 most owned are brought to you by our Insight Unlimited. So guys, for, for less than 50 cents a week, Insight Unlimited gives you everything that we have to offer from Insight Fantasy Sports. It's our final teams, our weekly trades, our captains, exclusive Q&As, uh, you can ask us anything that you want to know about your team, about our trades, captains, every single week. Hot off the press, team news as it comes through, all the injury news and much more. And not to mention, it's not just NRL. You've got AFL, NRL, BBL and NBL, all four sports, all four disciplines. Get inside our minds and you, it's just $25 for the full year. All you need to do is jump into the Discord and join the Discord to get involved. Now, lads, we, we should start with the most obvious, the most owned player. It's Kalen Ponga. Josh at 892k, 34.6% owned. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that it's that low, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, I think it probably just comes down to how many other options there are. Like, we're probably looking at, you know, I'd probably say nine genuine, like, gun options. Um, and there's not that many obvious out-and-out guns in other positions. Um, you know, center wing was dominated by two or three guys, halfbacks two guys, hookers one guy, front row forwards four. Um, so fullback's probably the, the place where it's going to get distributed the most. Um, but in saying that, yeah, Ponga averaged 103 when he was back at halfback. Oh, sorry, back back from 5'8 at fullback goal kicking. Obviously, won that magical run. Uh, I don't expect him to hit, you know, 100 plus average. But you know, we saw against that the Raiders in that trial there. Um, doesn't need much to, you know, I don't think. Sorry, not the Raiders. Um, we saw in the trial it doesn't need much to to really break a game open. He's the focal point of the attack. Everything rolls through him. Uh, even better if the Knights line up with Cogger because they're going to have two sort of more natural halfbacks slash playmakers, and it's going to give Ponga license to sort of flow both ways. Yeah, free him up and take away the kind of force of creativity away from him and, and just let him run the ball, which is obviously his natural game. Matrix, I'm assuming that Ponga has been in your team. I think with majority of the time we've seen Ponga as a fullback one in, in most drafts so far. Uh, do you agree with with Josh on this one? Yeah, I do. You know what's crazy? At times last year, he was in the 400s. He was 440K at one stage last year and touched a million. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen that big of a change in a year, really. It was oh, at least not out of like a genuine cheapie. Like, I don't know. I just can't see a world where 
is upside. And like 35% of people own him. And I'm presuming there's a lot of serious super coaches. But as somebody that didn't always have KP last year, I started with him, got burnt, brought him back, traded him out when I thought it was at a high. I don't think I can not own it. And there's a lot of questions, isn't there, around players like, oh, they're a hard watch if you don't own. I think we've said multiple times through the podcast so far that in, in the preseason anyway that he's one of those guys you have to watch through the slits of your fingers if you don't have him. Uh, your Clearies, your Hines, uh, even Harry Grant, one of those guys that just can score 130 and ruin your week. Um, but I'll tell you what, KP, when you look at the scores that he racked up last year, comfortably the best player in the competition, I think, when you when you look at maybe round 11 onwards through to round 26. There's one, two, three, four, five, six hundreds in there. There's four nineties. So that's 10 scores above 90 in his final 16 games, which is just after, insane. After the move from after the move from six to fullback, he had one game of 47. But apart from that, the next lowest was a 77. Um, wow. And it was, yeah, 77 to 180 and nothing in between. So, uh, sorry, nothing below. Like, it was just ridiculous. Like, he went on that um, amazing run just after Origin uh, up until the end. He had 180 against the Bulldogs at 137, 96, 122, 121. Uh, and that was all in five weeks. And, and that, yeah, really nice time starting. Those, those, that movement from six to fullback gave me movement from six to midnight. Like, it was sensational. It's, Hard, it's going to be hard not to own him. And, and look, he's got the goal kicking again this year. And I, I could see the argument or understand the argument maybe if Hastings took the goal kicking back or something like that. But, mate, like uh, I th- when he took the goal kicking, it was just the easiest decision to make, especially with the amount of points that Newcastle were putting up last year. Well, that's the thing. Like, Are we concerned with some Knights regression? Because it's coming. Um, it, it, it has to. It can't maintain what it was. Are we, are we worried about some regression? Uh, look. For me, yeah, I'm worried about it. But look, uh, I think at the at the worst case, maybe Ponga suffers maybe a five point regression. I don't see him becoming that bad that he ends up averaging sixty five for the year. Mm. Do you agree, Matty? Yeah, like if we're getting people like Appy because we're excited they're goal kicking, it's hard to look past up Ponga. Like, I don't see us making lots of money out of getting Ponga. I don't see us making any money out of getting Ponga. But I think, like, where you like to make money in your positions, I don't think that's in fullback this year. Yeah, that's, and that's like, you just you just want them to not lose money because then you can just rotate based on matchups. Uh, and that's the key thing. I mean, the amazing thing was he averaged 50 points in 2022 and obviously had a 37-point increase. Uh, had a one point two three p had a one point two three ppm, which is insane for someone wild. That, you know, played seventy minutes a game. That was the thing. He only averaged seventy one minutes a game last year, uh, and that does come down to that two point game he had in round two versus the Tigers. So, yeah, mental. Seventy two percent of scores over sixty, and that included, yeah, uh, only two scores above sixty when playing it at five eighth. And then when he moved back, he only had one game under sixty. So it was ridiculous. Um, finished the year strong, finished the year with a three-round average of 100 and, sorry, a three-round average of 99, a five-round average of 108. Um, yeah, the best season we've seen by KP, won the Dally M, and, yeah, just overall unreal. Yeah, way, way too good not to own. And, yeah, there will be some regression, but I still think he's going to be in the thick of things. I, I think he's worth paying 900K for. Um, so it's fair to say we can probably move on from Kalen Ponga at 34.6% owned for a reason. Now, the next one's an interesting 
conversation. He's the second most owned fullback, Ryan Pappenhausen. 645k, 21.3% owned. Are we looking at from Pappy maybe more of a case of cash being king here, Matrix, uh, in comparison to all the other 800 plus guns? Yeah, like when we're looking at the top 10, and I don't want to spoil it, like there's only two guys cheaper than Ryan Pappenhausen out there, and the pedigree is there. Um, I suppose you can spend that 200K doing a lot of other things. I'm just super worried about how much footy Ryan Pappenhausen's played in the last fair while. Yeah, look, he's had a horrid run of injury, the poor guy. Um, I'd just love to see him play a full year of footy. Uh, I don't have any expectation at all. I just think of, as a fan of the game, regardless of where you're from or who you follow, I think it would just be good to see Pappy play a full year. And you know if he gets a full year under his belt, he's going to be a guy that you own at some point throughout these, uh, throughout the season, it, at some point. Um, only 89 points last year, and he played the last two games of the season. Um, so obviously wasn't an option last year, and that's why he's heavily discounted at uh what was it 645,000 645, yep yep Josh we were we had eagle eye hawk eyes on this guy if he was going to get that kicking tee out and uh take the kicking tee didn't we yeah obviously didn't work out the best uh i think he will goal kick but it's just a case of sort of when um you have to look back to 2022 for probably a sample size to look at him and he was incredible average 90 points a game uh, that included that heartbreaking 34 in 20 minutes against the Raiders, where he had his obviously uh, fractured knee. Uh, I know that game all too well because I captained him and his season was over then. But before then, I mean, 107, 193, 155, 107. Like Pappenhausen has probably the second best ceiling of any fullback in the game for Supercoach. Um, and I, I think that without the goal kicking as well. And. If it wasn't for his draw, he'd be 100% in my team because I think for what you get for Pappenhausen, for what you're paying, it's just simply absurd. Um, you know, 71, 79, 90 were his last three full seasons in terms of, you know, uh, averages. In saying that, though, obviously a concern, 17, 13, 12 are his matches played in the last three years. Uh, I'm not looking at 2023 because it's too small. Um, but, yeah, has basically only played, what's that, 14, 27 He's only played like 35 games in four years. So the footy, the footy is a concern. Uh, even even average minutes per game, uh, 79 in 2020, and then six, only, only average 60 minutes a game in 2021, and then obviously only average 71 in 2022. Um, the concern for him is, is fitness, but I think if you're happy to look past the draw, he's got the second most upside and the cheapest price at any out of any of these gun fullbacks. We we haven't talked about the draw. Now, the Storm draw is tough. When you look at the start of the year, now you, you'd look at the opposition, and I think they play uh, four of the top five least conceded supercoach scoring teams in the competition in the first five rounds. Now, the, the one thing we haven't really spoken about too much is the fact that a lot of these games are at Amy Park. I think they've got three out of their first five games at Amy Park. It might even be more. So, you know, when we look at that, they play better in Melbourne for obvious reasons. But, I mean, is the draw that tough, Matty? Like, are we looking at this draw going, yeah, he's really going to struggle for attacking stats? Or do we just think that Pappy's going to get his own? I think he will struggle. Like, And it's sort of a mix of the draw doesn't add up. He's coming back from major injury. Um, He's not goal kicking. Like, there's just too many red flags. And 
I love Pappenhausen. Like, one of the most exciting players to watch. But they do give us trades. And if we have to go down from one of these other elite guys that we've got because Ryan Pappenhausen's that much better for 200K cheaper, I can do a lot of things with 200K in three weeks. We've been looking at Harry Grant down to Robson, down to Appy, down to Jacob Little we started to toy with. You know, these kind of options where you're freeing up 200K. And, I mean, going from a Turbo, Walsh, Latrell drink water down to a Pappenhausen would be much easier to stomach than going from a Harry Grant down to a Reese Robson, per se. Yeah, so is the there quality, any justification to make that move, Josh? The quality drop-off in other positions is, is far greater from the top option to to them like is is the drop off from kp to pong to for, sorry is the drop off from kp to pappenhausen that big like is it 40 points probably not um in saying that though penrith in round one uh were the best super coach defensive team the warriors in round two were the fifth best team the knights in round three which is the sixth best team uh the buy in round four the broncos in round five who were the second best i mean the bulldogs at home could be an absolute massacre and the fact that you're not going to own him for that at Amy Park at six o'clock on a Friday is going to be hard to watch. Uh, and then you've got the Roosters at Alliance, the Rabbitohs at Amy Park, uh, and then it opens up nicely in round nine with the Titans, Sharks, Eels, Manly, and then the Bayern 13. But it's just, there's there's like one good game that I'm looking at in that first seven weeks. Uh, maybe two if you look at the Knights game in round three. But apart from that, Yes, he does play at Amy Park. I think if you had the goal kicking, I'd look at it more because that's, you know, in a storm side that can attack, that's an extra potentially, you know, four or five tries a game, which is, you know, 16, 20 points. And without that, it probably takes your ceiling from like an 80 or from 100 to down like to an 80. Um, I think it will improve over the season, but yeah, that 35 games in four years is the main concern. It's not like we're getting Pappenhausen at 400K. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. And I, I know speaking as a, uh, a male with, with a child, 6 p.m., Amy Park, Friday night, not a problem. Won't be watching it anyway because the kid will be in the bath or having dinner or something's going to be going on. I always miss the 6 p.m. game. It's a big gripe from me. So uh, anyway, I'll watch it on replay. And that's, five, and that's 5 p.m. on Queensland. I haven't even made it home to the kid yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Guys, let's move on from Pappy. Uh, the next four guys we're going to talk about in what we call the premium segment. So we won't touch on them too much now, but we've got Tom Trebojevic, 833K. He's 18.2% owned, so pretty close to Pappy in terms of ownership. We've got Reese Walsh at 813K, 14.3%, so 4% less. Then we've got Latrell and Drinky. Latrell at 789K. 8.1% owned and drink water 851 at 7.4. So some interesting pods in this mix. Uh, we will hold on these guys and we'll go into a bit more depth very soon when we talk about the premium options. But the seventh most owned metrics, I might even throw it over to you. I'm not sure I can say it. Look, this is what I came here for, a 20-minute discussion about Blake Taff. Um Look, the fullback for the the surging Canterbury Bulldogs, led by uh, one Maxwell King there in the in the front row. Um, everyone's a massive fan of you know the go forward that the Canterbury Bulldogs are going to have, and um, yeah, they think a bit of creativity will come from uh, Blake Taff at the back. What do you fellas think? Oh, no, go on, Josh. I can't even talk about it. I'm I'm very unwell. I don't want to be spending more time on this podcast than I have to. Why the fuck are we talking? Why is Blake Taff in the run sheet? Like, 
what the fuck's going on? Like, seriously. Um, no, like, no. I, if Blake Taff was 200K, I'm still not buying it. Like, fullback's the most important position to get right in Supercoach. It's just, it's just not Blake Taff, is it? Like, Turbo averaged 143 in 2021. I think it would take Blake Taff six games to get to 143 total points. Um, so, that's um, all slander. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, and to be fair, he made, he made himself onto the podcast. You've got to mention, full credit to Blake Taff. He's a footballer and he plays Good. in the NRL. Yep. Um, Good on him. The, the relevance is probably goal kicking. Probably saw him pick up the tee in uh, one of the trials and go, yeah, cool. Blake Taff, fullback, goal kicker. Great. Let's get him in. But they forgot to mention that he plays for the Bulldogs. Um, and also Matt Burton can can kick too. So oh, I'd say kick. Burton actually has the goal kicking. Yeah. Small hands. He can't catch the ball. He's got bad feet. He can't really move even though he's mobile. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Doesn't have a post move that he, or he puts to memory that he can do two times in a row. He has no game whatsoever. Plays no defense. Doesn't have the heart, the passion, or anything that comes with it. And you're asking me whether they, oh, they gave him... So sorry, Blake Taff. <laughs> Uh, and to I'm be fair, that is the first—that is the first time Stephen A. Smith has made it onto the podcast as well. There'll so. be plenty more this year. Yeah. Can do you reckon Blake Taff is even the fullback in four weeks' time? No, six weeks' time. No. Well, I mean, Seraldo came out in press conference, and and Gus Gould has talked about it a fair bit too. That Stephen Crichton's injury during the preseason has basically kind of stunted their plans to have him start at fullback. Uh, just due to workload reasons. So there's every chance Stephen Crichton's a fullback in four to six weeks' time and Blake Taft's back playing Reggie's. So I mean, if, if, if they open up Supercoach for New South Wales Cup, we might be having a different story. But at this point, no. Like 4.5%? Probably That's preferred. Right. I don't know. There's there's a few options I'd prefer at New South Wales Cup level, to be honest. Connor Tracy. Um, yeah. Literally anyone else. Yeah. Blake Moser. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a hooker. So. Um, yeah, let's move position. Like let's talk Dylan Edwards then. Seven hundred and five k, four point two percent owned for for fair reason. You know, Dylan Edwards is just meat and potatoes, isn't he? He scored what did he score ninety odd Super Coach points in the World Club Challenge. Um, like you just know what you're going to get from him. It's going to be anywhere between sixty to eighty five, ninety points. Um, he'll score a try, leads up well through the middle. Just a solid player with hardly any weaknesses, but is the upside really there, Matrix, from from a position that we're really looking for those 120-plus scores? I mean, I'm going to get front row forwards that um, score the same every week. I'm probably going to get hookers that are going to score the same every week. If I start with Danny Levi, it's not going to be a lot, but it's still going to be the same every week, and I know what I'm going to be in for. With Dylan Edwards, you know what you're going to get every week, but I feel like if you want to win your competitions in Supercoach, you probably need to go to one of those top six guys and hope that you get two of them that score the best. Dylan Edwards will score more than some of those guys on a weekly basis, but I think over the course of the year, you can never captain Dylan Edwards. Like, it's fine. That's where I sit with it. 300s last year, Josh. Yeah, I was going to say, he'll probably have the most or the second most total points behind probably Gutho. Mm. Yeah. But, and that's great for draft because you can be reliable. You know, he can get you a 70 average. But in classic, he's only had two scores of above 120 in the last three years. So 
yeah, obviously probably one of the best one of the best fullbacks we'll talk about in terms of you know footy, but just doesn't have that that big ceiling that we need him to have. Um, I said he had three scores, sorry two two scores above one twenty um, in the last three years. Both of those came last year, so it just shows you he doesn't have a ceiling. And yeah, I mean ultra consistent. You know, what you're gonna get you won't get a bad game. He's got you know tons of base, but just. Yeah, he's probably the third option in his in his side, and you don't want that when you're paying 700k. And he's definitely improved. I mean, we look at last year and even the year before, like 1,460 points, 1,589. Like he's averaged 67 and 69 the last two years. So like, it's solid, you know. And and if he falls to you in draft, you take him. But when you've just got like when you've got Turbo, you've got Walsh, you've got Ponga, you've got even drink water. Like the, the the ceiling on these guys is 120 plus. I'm very interested to see when we when we talk about the other guys, what they're kind of how many hundreds they're churning out, especially from last year. But yeah, I, I think he's just a guy that you don't start with. And if they have a nice run where Penrith's draw frees up a little bit, maybe he's an option then. But even so, I think you're probably outthinking the room, Maddie, right? If you're if you're looking at Edwards as opposed to the other popular options. Yeah, I think so. Let's um this one's really interesting. Fifth most owned fullback at the moment is Latrell Mitchell. He's 789k, uh 8.1% owned. I kind of want to skip to him because uh, there's there's something about Latrell that's screaming undervalued at the moment. And it just he looked disinterested at the back end of the year when he came back from injury. He then looked disinterested in the uh Indigenous All-Stars game. Are we just gonna kind of fade this bloke and he's gonna ruin us? to start the year and anybody who jumps on him is going to have a free ride to top place. Like something's telling me that he's going to pop off this year. Yeah. I mean, he could, he's one of the most talented players in the world, but I haven't seen anything yet. And I know it's just trials footy, but I thought he would have been in and around that all-star game being the captain of the team. I know he got a little banged up, I thought he would have been a lot better. And in my head, I was like, Latrell, you could talk me into taking you here in Supercoach. And, um, yeah, he just didn't do anything that's making me say, just wait five weeks. And the Rabbitohs draw isn't fantastic either. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Draw shit. Um, but we know what Latrell can do. Josh, like, has there been any sort of temptation for you to pick up Latrell to start the year just because he's underpriced in a pod? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely temptation. I've I've looked at him. Um, the, it's just the draw putting me off. Um, he was hampered with injuries last year. Was very vocal on his treatment from medical staff with his injury, and we saw that in his average. I mean, averaged uh, 82 in 21, 85 in 22, and then down to a 77 last year. And we're talking like it was a crap year for Charlie. Still averaged 77 points, and I think he's only got room to grow. Um, I I, ju- I think he's one of the most intimidating fullbacks to watch if you don't own. And the draw, he is pretty much fixture-proof. It's just with Trell, we know about his tendencies, and I don't want to slander him too hard, but Trell's a guy that I just want to get my eyes on first and see where he's at with his involvement um, before I take the plunge. But, yeah, there's definitely a world where I have looked at him, and I will probably be owning him at some stage this season. We've spoken about that South run, and it gets golden from round nine. So, you know. AJ at a cut price. Hopefully, Trell starts slow and him at a cut price as well. And yeah, there's definitely a world where we run 
you know, Pappenhausen and Trell by like round nine. Yeah. Yeah. When the draw frees up, I mean, we look at the draw last year and his scores last year against those better teams and he's still scoring 60 plus against them more often mm-hmm. than not. I mean, 73, 62 and 66 to start the year. And we're looking at the Sharks, Panthers and then the Roosters were considered tough matches to start the year. He scored 102 against Penrith. Um, and then he went on that massive run where he scored 300s in a row against Bulldogs, Dolphins for obvious reasons, and then backed it up against the Panthers. He scored 96 against the Broncos as well. Uh, so I, I would argue he's a big game player, a guy that just takes it. Put He's got a chip on his shoulder when he goes out and he plays against those better teams. So, I mean, the argument could potentially be that the better the team, the better Latrell we're going to get turned up, the more effort areas we're going to see from him, the more following up through the middle. We know he's not that guy to be sweeping out the back and doing a ton of running. He picks his moments when he wants to get involved. And, uh, I mean, I, I can't – if somebody sent me their team and they said, hey, I'm starting with Latrell Mitchell, I'd be like, yeah, cool. That's a, probably a, not a bad shout, not a bad risk to take it. 8% especially, ownership. Especially, yeah, at 8% ownership. That's the thing. That's the beauty with fullback is like, there's so many good options that a lot of them are under-owned. Um, yeah. And Troll is the kind of guy that would not surprise me if he scored 130 in, in Vegas. Like, it's just the occasion, you know, yeah. we know that he loves it. He loves to be that the focus point in the media and center of attention. And it, it would not surprise me if he scored 130 um, in, in Vegas, like one bit. Yeah, 100%. Um, there's another guy it wouldn't surprise me if he scored 130 in Vegas due to the occasion. We'll save him for a little bit later, though. But uh, James Tedesco, I, I don't see him scoring 130 in Vegas, Matrix. Uh, 707k, 3.8% owned. When's the last time we've started a season where Teddy's been under 10% owned? Oh, I, if you're asking a genuine question, I have no idea. Like six or seven years ago, probably. But realistically, like, he had a stinker of a year and the can we say that the roosters were pretty ordinary last year the roosters were pretty ordinary last year yeah that was shit um yeah he's had his lowest average as far as i can remember i think he was nine in the 90s in 2020 uh there we go 87 in 21 79 in 22 and there's been a decline um i'm worried that the decline will keep going Great pick in draft because he seemed to still be there in the second and third round. Um, still at that price, I think I'll wait for him to go on a bad run and maybe downgrade somebody if I find myself in 15,000th or something and I need need a pod and need to make a move. I don't need to own Tedesco to start. No, no one really needs to own him. It's more, what can you do with the cash? You know, people are punting on these guys like Pappy and Teddy and, and these underpriced guys that have the pedigree because they want to free up the 200K that they could use elsewhere in their team. But it's just not a position that you really want to cut price in. Personally, that's my opinion anyway. I'm just going to pay up and get the premium option in the highest upside position personally. And I mean, when he, when he drops down, when you go from 95 average in 2020, gradually he's gone 87, 79, and then 69. Giggity, giggity, giggity. Like when you're dropping down that far, I had to use the sound bite. Sorry, ninety-five to sixty-nine in three years. Are we going to start to see? Is it Father Time catching up, Josh? Are we are we starting to see maybe a natural decline from Teddy? Yeah. Um, in the last ten years, he has a career average of seventy-six point eight. Um, he's actually only ever, ever gone over that four times. So, like, it's very inflated by, you know, the big years in twenty and twenty-one being ninety-five point two and eighty-six point seven. And then obviously, yeah, the huge drop-off. Look, I do expect he improves on the average. 
but I'm only thinking like maybe a point or two, like at best to like 71, 72. Apart from that, I've just got, I've got no interest until I can see more. Um, you know, he's 31. He is getting on in age. Last year, he was probably questioned the most in his career in terms of like what he offers to his club side, but also his representative sides. He stayed in his country as well. Um, I do expect a, a little bit of bounce back. You know, he's, he's come out and said he's trained probably the best he has in the last couple of years. Um, and since 2017, Tedesco has ranked second, second, first, first, third, third, tenth in terms of fullbacks. So obviously a huge drop off last year, but I, I also think it's the rise of other options. Like I said, yeah. in the last, well, since 2017, he's been a top three fullback and then 10th. And that was only averaging 69. So I think it's the rise of just other options, you know, center wings that can do what he can't do in terms of ceilings as well. Uh, he did look good in the trials, but I would need to see more. I mean, it's the reason why we haven't looked at Brandon Smith. The Roosters draw is just not good at all. And I mean, we, we're steering away from Supercoach a little bit and talking more rugby league, but it seemed like Teddy kind of handcuffed his outside backs last year. You know, he tried to do a little bit too much, um, held the ball a little bit too much, kind of there wasn't really much opportunity for his wingers. We, we saw a little bit of a downturn in their scoring as well. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like with Manu roaming and then with Teddy trying to do his thing, they kind of contradict each other. So it'd be really interesting to see how that plays out this year as well. I think Teddy just needs to have a bit of a mental mind shift. Like he is still great. He's still a great fullback, still a great ball player, but he's no longer 27, 28 where he can cut back in and just beat three or four guys like with yeah. pure strength. Like he probably just needs to to realize that his best attribute is ball playing and the fact that he still has some name value. So defenses are still going to hone in on him. And you've got a great backline. Like, you've got a great backline. Use it. Um, you've got halves that will give you the space that you need. And, yeah, just just a bit of a change. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see his base drop off, but his creativity improved this year. Yep. Yeah, good shout. Um, boys, the 10th most owned is actually really surprising, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's obviously people maybe new to the game or maybe that got um, a little bit excited about the fact that Jaden Campbell went down, and that's Keanu Keeney. 287k, 2.9% owned. Now, he's fullback only, and for obvious reasons, that's where you can pick him, right? That's If he was a center wing jewel, he'd be kind of popular to start the year, I would assume. But the fact that he's fullback only and having a guy that's – we don't – he's kind of an unproven commodity. He's a bloody good player. But, Matrix, is there is there much logic – or do you want to maybe even explain the reason as to why we wouldn't consider a cheapie in that position unless it's last year's Jareem Buller as a, as a rarity? Yeah, in these high upside positions, I'm going to pay up um, and maybe sometimes take a player at a little bit of a discount that I think is going to grow and make some money and then we can move on from them later. But I Jareem Buller is the only time I've ever had a fullback cheapy viable that I can play. I would say outside of buys, I play my fullbacks every week. None of us started with Dream Buller either. Like we all had to watch him. We all had to watch him yeah. for four or five weeks to see what we were getting. And it's it's gonna be I guess it's hard for listeners because we've spoken or I guess hard for new listeners because we've spoken all preseason about value and 10 to 15 points and and Kenny's probably got 30 points of value. Like he's probably one of the most undervalued players in the game. But monster scores are so concentrated to the top four or five players at fullback that if you pay 892k for Ponga price at 89 
and he scores 110. That's only 20 points. And 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 Kenny could could come out and score 70 points in round one, and that's 40 points of value. But the extra value that you have for captaining Ponga from his score being a 110 to a 220 far outweighs the value that that Keeney provides you. You know, if all things go right, he scores 70. The the monster scores that we see are so concentrated between maybe five or six names that it's just not worth thinking outside the box and and picking elsewhere uh, because attack is so rewarded in Supercoach and attack flows through five of the most elite players in our game. Yep. Yeah, well said. Good explanation. Um, it's the, And the baller move last year, like it, it made so much sense due to the break even and due to the amount of cash that you could have got yep. on when he was on the bubble. So that's a bit of a no-brainer move to free up that cash. You know he was going to make 100K. Uh, and also it freed up. A lot of people went from Reese Walsh to Jareem Buller, and I was one of those around that time of the season. You freed up like 400K to, to be able to get yeah. that and then use that elsewhere in, in bigger upside positions like 2RF. Well, the, well, you freed is, up and then made it too. The thing yeah. with Buller is he, he started at 200K in round eight. Like he had some good scores, but he didn't rise. Like he only rose 150K in you know five weeks like it's not like he got out of hand and that was the thing like no yeah. one bought him sight unseen everyone waited and you know you, you may have waited and after his big hundred against manly in round 12 and you bought him against the raiders when he scored a back-to-back hundred, and then that's when he exploded but he was he was providing great cover like like he wasn't good from around eight to 11 like he scored 38 60 59 45 like not good and then it wasn't until over the buy period where you know turbo at that stage was ruled out for the season um people were still you know arming and over drink water because he had that lengthy suspension he was only just coming back walsh was at origin trell was at origin or he was injured so there wasn't many options at the time um and buller filled a, a hole there but if, if buller started the season around one no one would have started with him because the risk that you take by saving yourself 600k at fullback is just not worth it. Like there you was can one player. Sorry, there was one player through Origin that you didn't mention there that was probably the savior of all of our seasons. We'll talk about him very soon. Um. Uh, yes. Sure. Um. But yeah, like the upgrade from like if you have 600k because you don't go with Ponga and you go with Keeney, like what does it get you? It gets you a JMK to a Grant, which is maybe. 15 points you're never going to captain grant it maybe gets you a max king to a pain house and that nets you maybe 15 points and you're never going to captain them all of a sudden you've got you know 300k left in the bank and you're like oh, i'd like to hold that for what 30 points for two guys you're not going to captain like yes it sounds great he probably has the most value out of the guys we'll talk about today but just spend up at fullback and that's why we've said it all preseason and yeah. NRL fantasy is different though. And I just like to throw it out that like, if you have NRL fantasy where you can have three guys that play wingers and fullbacks, um, Keeney's a lock. Like if we had extra bench spots for fullback, we would all own Keeney. We would have two guns and somebody that you can make money out of just the way that Supercoach is set up. It's not set up for Keeney. Um, but there's definitely other fantasy formats that, Keeney's very viable. But also in fantasy, Keeney might may get three or four price rises. In Supercoach, yeah. he yeah. may get one, and that's it. Like yeah. fantasy has the one the one game price change. And they have the buy in round two. And then if you know JT's back in round five, you've got three price rises out of Keeney. 
in Supercoach, you get one and it's not even going to be that good. So, yeah, for me, it's it's just a no-go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, it's why it's why I guess someone like a Tua Peaky from the Warriors is going to be much more desirable because he has the center wing jewel. He has no buy in the first three rounds, so he might get two price rises. But he also has a center wing availability, which which Kenny doesn't. So yeah, stay away. Yeah, good shout. All right, let's move on to the primos. They're brought to you by the standard squeeze, guys. If you if you are sick of breaking glass bottles, sinking triple shots. Beer's going warm. Coffee's getting cold in the morning. The Standard Squeeze have got you covered to give you everything that you need to drink responsibly, but also conveniently. Food-grade quality plastic with their Standard Squeeze bottles, of course, as well. So you can go to their website, thestandardsqueeze.com. You can use the code INSIGHT15 to get yourself 15% off everything in store, thanks to the Standard Squeeze. We spoke about Kalen Ponga. Let's let's move through him. He's, he's a bit of a lock. I think people know how we feel about him. But Scott Drinkwater, we haven't dived deep into him. And he's an interesting one because whilst he is, uh, I mean, he, he's 7.4% owned, which is still what we would consider a pot under 10%. But I don't know whether I should ask you, Josh, you've had some pretty strong feelings about Scott Drinkwater in the last couple of years. So maybe, Maddie, do you want to give your thoughts first on Drinky and then Josh can kind of pile on at the end? So, Josh, you went around last year, um, but I called Scotty Drinkwater Scotty Drink Balter. Um, he was elite um and watching the preseason he was fantastic as well um that that cutout ball that i saw him pass out to felt the other day actually made me look at him again i think i'm pretty set on a couple of guys and maybe i'm still scarred by a couple of games that i've seen him score extremely low like what was it 2022 i think i was playing him at Five eighth, and I think he scored a twelve once. Um, look, I am scarred from some things like that, but he seems to have shaken all that out last year. He was an absolute gun, and looking at the ownership stats, he's not just a gun; he's also a pod. And if you think that the Cowboys are going to be a lot better, it's mad not to look at Drinkwater. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sure. I'm uh, obviously still I'm obviously still scarred because you call him Scotty Drink Bolter. I was Scotty Trapwater. His, <laughs> his floor is just so shit. Like that was my whole thing. Like and I honestly thought I felt so justified in like the first two rounds because he's got a 59 in round one where I think he had three try assists. 
And then in round two, he had one point after 70 minutes where he got sin-binned. Like, he, he has a very poor floor. And that's what I was hedging my bets on. But Todd Payton just decided, we're going to run everything through you. Like, we're just going to do that. Because I remember in 2020, like, I was a huge Drinkwater fan. I am a huge Drinkwater fan from, like, a footy standpoint. But Todd Payton was insisting on playing Hemiso over Drinkwater. And I could just see that Drinkwater was better. And they finally gave him the start. And he was available at 5'8". And we all jumped on him because and he was great. And then I just thought last year, like, if Todd Payton doesn't rate you that much, like, what, what's going to happen? And then they just decided to run everything through him. And, you know, he sucked for the first two weeks. And then from there, it was just elite. Like, uh, he had that stretch of, like, six weeks where he went 95, 117, 104, 95, 140, 173, 95, 122. And that was all in, like, seven weeks. And my phone blew up with how many mentions I got and I had to watch this every single week and yeah like it was it was it's strange because he has probably the worst floor out of any of the players that we'll speak about today but the Cowboys just kept attacking and they kept giving it to drink water and he kept delivering and then the question becomes can he do it again Uh, I know you said he looked great in the trial and I'm not doubling down again on this year but he had three try assists and scored a 66 like in the trial. And that's the, the big concern with drink quarter is he needs to have absurd attacking stats to have, you know, a, an elite average. And can you see him having absurd attacking stats two years in a row? And I can't say no from what I've seen in the trial and from what I saw last year. Yeah. Um, he averaged 51 in create and evade last year, 51 points per game in yeah, that's just huge. like Absolutely. tackle busts, line breaks, line break assists, that kind of shit. Like, 25 base is pretty ordinary in comparison to the elite options in the competition at fullback. So, yeah. And look, but the, I guess the one thing maybe people are considering here is that the Cowboys actually have a pretty nice run to start the year. It's actually not that bad. Yeah. Like yeah, if you see on the on the screen here, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the Cowboys right at the bottom there. They've got the Dolphins in round one, um, which is considered a good matchup considering the Dolphins exceeded uh, or conceded, sorry, the, um, I think in the top four, most super coach points last year, they got a tough matchup against the Knights, but then they've got the dragons, then the Broncos, then they've got a couple of really nice runs against the Titans and para. So they've got four out of the first six rounds that are actually pretty advantageous. So, I mean, maybe that's what people are hedging on. They're hedging on him going really large in those four out of six matchups to start the year. But doesn't he average like the same in base as, say, like a Kalen Ponga? Like, please correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, isn't but it something similar? It's just that... Ponga's still got the goal kicking to back it up and, and, yeah, and true. whatnot like that. So, like, that's that's the only... And that's the, the concerning thing with the non-goal kicking fullbacks um, is just the fact they don't have that safety. Uh, but I think, you know, Drinky will do very much the same what he did last year. Maybe not to the heights of an 83, um, but if he finished the year with an 80, you know, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right. Let's uh let's move on to our boy, Tommy Trebojevic, Turbo. I, it's the reason we're here, really, isn't it? Because I mean, one, we wanted to give Phil some entertainment tonight, and we know he'll enjoy this segment. But Tom Trebojevic has been pretty much in all of our teams from kind of the team picker. Am I am I right? Like, like he hasn't come out of my team at all since the team picker opened. There's been there's been two players in my team that have not moved all preseason. One of them is Dylan Brown. One of them's Tom Trevojevic has not budged. And it's funny. We were talking about base before. 
Turbo's base last year, I mean, it was an injury-affected year, so you probably have to go back a couple of years to get some accurate stats on that. But his base was 28. So it's not exactly like he's basing through the roof. But, like, you just know, when we go back to 2021, right, and we saw what we saw from him in 2021, I think he scored a, a million tries. He had the Dally M. He had uh, 143 average in super coach, which is just unheard of. I don't care what anyone says. Like Barber, Hain, like I don't. It's it's just 2021 Trevojevic. Like I, yeah. I don't care if it's PVL ball or whatever. Like it's that was just the most dominant season you'll ever see, ever. Yep. He had a 1.87 One, ppm. Yeah, that is insane. That is like Royce Hunt on steroids. Two points a minute. Craziness. Fuck. But, I mean, even last year, right? Last year, he had scores to start the year of 97 and 103, then 106 in round four. And then he also then went got to 165 and 126 before he was done for the year. He averaged, so he like, averaged, he averaged 97 if you take out, like, that weird hit point of back spasm Fiago for four weeks. Like, he still was elite last year, too. And the thing with classic overdraft is Turbo is a much riskier prospect in draft because yep. you are stuck with him. Um, if he goes good, you're not trading him out. And if he sucks, no one's buying him. Like that's the dilemma with draft. But in classic, like he is a guy that will always give you points. He's, he's prices. Like he's never going to drop to a 600K. Um, I mean, there's a reason you've kept him in your team the whole time, Matty. I mean, are you echoing what we're talking about here with this? Yeah. Like I don't have too much to say outside of the, fact that it's your pick in draft josh um don't have too much to say outside of the fact that yeah i just got turbo in i got turbo in last year yes i'm paying more than i did last year but i still see that upside and as josh said when he performed poorly usually it was because of health health is always a concern but in nba fantasy i say it all the time i'm not not drafting a guy because of health, because, you know, he could just have a fantastic season going forward. He could have a clean bill of health for the next three years and he could touch a million dollars again. And I paid 833. I'm going to be the happiest man alive. I'm going to be a lot happier than some of these guys. Like not all of these 800 K fullbacks can go up in price. There's going to be peaks and troughs. Um, But I think Manly will be better than they were last year. And I think Turbo will be hopefully healthier if not we just move on it's just classic and also like he he had a really injury affected preseason last year as well so this year is one of the first years for i think two or three years since he's had an injury unaffected preseason where he's been able to get through the full preseason he hasn't been limited by injury he hasn't been going through rehab group um he's been training the whole time so yeah for me he's a lock it's i think it's a pretty easy decision there we just know what he's capable of and we know that if Manly are going to be good, it rests on the back of Tom Trebojevic's shoulders. So, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to watch, but I'm pretty keen to just go Ponga and Turbo. I, I don't, I haven't really looked anywhere else. There's no one that will touch the upside that he has. Like, no no one. And it's not close. Like, it's it's frightening how how good he is in terms of Supercoach. And I'm not even just talking about, like, 2021 because it was an anomaly. Um it's it's so fun. Like if you go on NRLstats.com and look at his average score per game, like the the 
graph is so distorted because of 2021. It looks like everything else was was terrible, but still averaged 82 last year. And like I said, that was actually closer to a 97, 98 because um, he had that sort of five-week period where he was playing through a back spasm and hit pointer weird situation. Funnily enough, we were talking and kind of ripping in a little bit um, when we're talking about injury, uh, injury riddled players as well in Pappenhausen. Um, Turbo's played 52 games in the last five seasons. Yeah. I mean, the the huge thing is, and and this is like the, the weird thing though, is people are off Turbo and Ponga's ownership is double and people are off Turbo because he's injury prone and people forget that KP was genuinely on the brink of retirement last year. Like, With all the head knocks. So I just, I don't think you can correlate. And that's the thing. In Classic, we get 40 trades. Use them. Um, In the last three years, in non-injury affected games, his score breakdown looks like this. Between 0 and 39, 2. Between 40 and 59, 3. Between 60 and 89 is 8 games. Between 90 and 99 is 3 games. Between 100 and 129 is 6 games. Between 130 and 179 is 6 games. And 180 plus is 5 games. He has had, what is that? He's had, in the last three years, he's had 18 games over 100 points and he's only played 50. So 40, was that 40% of his games or 100 plus? Like, come on. You know what? I, and we, we've talked captains. We've talked about uh, Tinless Tuesday. We've done the Vegas edition already. But I'll tell you what, you'd be, I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to chuck a sneaky VC on Turbo this week running at, Josh, you, you sent this in the chat. Um, who's he? Who's he running at? What's the uh, edge that he's running at this week? Ilias, Arrow, Kenner, and and Gagai. Like, Jesus, I've still got the VC okay. on him. I know you guys have talked a lot about Ponga. Um, well, I'm, and yeah, I'm made, and and Braino made fun of me in the Discord. I think this morning on it, but I'm not sure I can look past a Turbo VC as good as Ponga is. Um, earlier on in the week, yeah, let's just go VC Turbo. Did me. you? I I didn't make fun of you because you had VC on Turbo. I'm all aboard that. I think it was something you. There was some Royce Hunt slander going on in the Discord, and I wasn't having it. So that, that's <laughs> Brano, what I was on you about. Brano and I also need to consider the fact that we're going to be in a room with about a hundred Supercoach players uh, on Sunday, and if we don't have some kind of captaincy strapped to Turbo, and he goes ballistic. It's going to be a fucking very depressing car ride home because yes, it's nice to own him, but if he goes for 150 and you have no piece of the captaincy pie, grim. Nobody's going to be talking to each other anyway. They're all just going to be looking at their phones. Now we're a social bunch, mate. Don't you worry. (laughs) Um, let's uh let's move on to the second half of the primos guys and they're they're brought to you by ryan from astute newstead if your rates your home loan rates are above 6.2 percent maybe you want to buy your own first home or you want to buy a new home uh you can reach out to ryan at astute newstead for an obligation and cost-free inquiry you can go to his link tree it's in the description below it's hammond's home finance and you can use the code insight to let him know that we sent you won't cost you a thing uh, we've all, or most of us have worked through him personally. I'm working through him at the moment and, and Ryan's a, a quality guy that'll basically take away all the guesswork for you. He'll, he'll do all the hard yards. He'll, he'll talk to the big banks. You don't have to worry about all the negotiations. He'll look after the best rates for you and save you some cash. Um, so hit him up there and the link is in the description. Let's, let's talk Reese Walsh boys. He is also another popular kind of 
Vegas pick, I guess we're saying. And, and Matrix, it'd be uh, remiss of me if I didn't let you have a little spiel on Reese Walsh because, mate, Broncos supporter, go on. He's rocks and diamonds, like really, but and has that really low base um, that you can expect from somebody like that. I know that you guys are all expecting me to praise B Reese Walsh, but Reese Walsh isn't Scott Drinkwater in the way that he has a better team around him than Scott Drinkwater. Like we can win games with him scoring fifty. Uh, which worries me when it comes to owning Reese Walsh. Yeah, I was super excited that he came back to the Broncos last year. I was definitely super excited at the price that he came back to the Broncos in in Supercoach. And yes, I owned him last year, but he did kind of what I expect him to. He can be an absolute pocket rocket and throw up 80 points in 10 minutes, or he can finish the whole game with 22 and still playing 80 minutes. And I'm not sure that there's any other player in the league that can be as rocks or diamonds as Reese Walsh. So when you're looking at Supercoach, he can get sent to the sin bin because he's a hothead. That's minus eight. Um, he definitely has an error in him. That's minus two. Um, he kicks the ball in play, often kicks it dead, um, can kick it out on the full. Um, but he can also, you know, just score 80 points in 10 minutes. I'm not sure anybody else can score 80 points in 10 minutes the way that Reese Walsh can but I'm not sure anyone can be out there for 80 minutes playing fullback and score 20 either. It is, you've got to be a sucker for punishment and also just love a risk to have Reese Walsh. I never owned him last year. And the reason for it was his very first game for the for the Bulldogs, for the Broncos uh, against the Cowboys in round two. Uh, he finished on 105 points, but after 73 minutes, he was on 11. Um, he piled on yeah, nearly 100 points in eight minutes, and that's what he can do. Like He is the most scary player to watch as an owner um, because, look, there's no stat for it, but he would have to have the highest concentration of points per minute in terms of like he will put on 80 points in 10 minutes and then do nothing else. He only had two scores above 120, and they were in the two last games of the season. So the ceiling probably isn't quite there, and that's just due to Blood everyone else at well, lack of base, but everyone else around him. Um, yep. His base is only 20. His scoring was only nine. Obviously, a huge create, huge evade, which is what we expect from the modern-day fullbacks. His percentage of scores over 60 was 68%, which is nice. But, yeah, it's it's for me, I was just put off by the lack of consistent points for him. The anti-Cam McInnes, I guess you could say. Um, there, there was no steady flow of that. But he's probably the game's most marketable player. He His speed is rapid. Like Defensive edges are going to have nightmares just thinking about Reese Walsh and, and Ezra Mam. And yeah, I mean, now, now you've got Selwyn Cobbo on the edge as well. So it's going to be really, really fun to watch, but I don't think I can go there from a super coach standpoint. I think for the same money that we pay, we can just get way better upside from Troll, KP, Turbo, Drink Water. Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. Uh, it's it, and Matrix said it's a roller coaster. You know, if you own the guy, you're gonna see him on ten, and then he's gonna finish on a hundred. Um, you look at his first six rounds last year, and it went 105, 95, 84, 99, 86, 101. So you can't really ask for a better start. I think he was priced around that six hundred mark to to start the season last year. But it's just five fifty. Yeah, five fifty. So like when you when you look at that, like the only reason people weren't probably start 
parting with him was the fact that they were on a buy in round one. Uh, oh no, he was he missed round one, and then he was uh, suspended because he's on, right. on the nose gears. I'm pretty sure in uh, Thailand or <laughs> Bali or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it sounds about that's, right. That's my fullback. <laughs> um, but Turbo was 550k last year. That's probably why people didn't look at him. Yeah, do we worry that it, it's um, that that Reese Lightning can't strike twice, or are you just confident in the kid's ability that he's fine? I think he's fine. I don't have a concern. Um, he actually had more cre- higher create and evade average last year than Ponga. But in saying that, we're taking in Ponga's HIA game where he had played two minutes for one point. So that that probably evens that out. Um, but in saying that, yeah, you can do much worse than Reese Walsh. But uh, is Vegas, uh, this first Vegas game, are people going to maybe be disappointed or are you feeling like the stage is set for a Reese Walsh masterclass? I mean, if it was round four and he, you know, got a bit under his legs, I think that it would be great. But then when he played the baby Cowboys the other day, um, they sort of played him in this ball playing, you know, even the kicker role, kicked a kicked a 40-20, absolutely looked like the best man on the park. So he should have been. To quote Josh, he was playing children. Um, but, um, yeah, look, I just – he – Probably looked like the player that had the least rust, if it makes you feel any better going into Vegas, than maybe anyone I saw over the trial period. Yeah. Look, uh, take it with a grain of salt, really, trials. I mean, he still scored 111. You can only play what's in front of you, but it's definitely good signs um, for Reese Walsh truthers. And, yeah, if you don't own, I don't think there's anything scarier than seeing him just sitting behind Reynolds and just hitting top speed and just putting defensive edges on an absolute fucking ice rink. So mm. I'm going to be petrified not owning, owning Reese Walsh, but yeah, if you own him and you send me your team, I can't tell you to take him out because he is just that good. Yeah, nice little pod. Let's talk about the man that saved our origin period last <laughs> yeah. year. In uh, Mr. Clinton Gutherson. What a, what a pick. If you picked him up, so it would have been... Round 15. Uh, so, obviously, round 13 for that first major buy. He scored 81 last year. Uh, up until then, he was probably averaging around that maybe 65, 70 mark. And then he proceeded to go buy round 14. Then he went 138 against the Bulldogs, 132 against Manly, 119 against the Dolphins. Now, if that isn't one of the best buy period performances through that middle buy period, I don't know what is. Uh, and then he went 61 and 115. So, I mean... The guy was just elite when we needed him to be, and when people were picking him up, he performed. So, I, I mean, I guess the question mark becomes: can he can he really maintain that for a full season? He is a top point scorer. When we talk about fullbacks, if you're looking at draft, he's a great pickup because you know that he's going to be, he's not going to be hopefully not going to be picked for Origin. I mean, I'm sure he hopes so, but we don't. Um, I don't know how much your heart was. Year? I don't know how much your heart bro- was broken as a Clint Gutherson owner in round 19 when Freddie decided he was going to play him off the bench for seven minutes. But I'll tell you what, it broke mine. So, uh, uh, boys, any any love for Gutherson? I mean, it's a draft conversation more so than a classic, but he will become relevant at some point during the year, surely. I'm not keen at, like, at all. Like, last year he averaged 79, um, and I bought him the minute that Brown was suspended. And that goes hand in hand. I mean, average 79 last year, average without Dylan Brown was 103.3. 
So he was the best fullback in the comp. And it was for a decent sample size of about eight weeks, um, but only averaged 70 with Brown back in the side. So probably overpriced by about 10 points. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm only looking at him if Moses and or Brown are out. Um, but apart from that, I've got no interest and probably not even in draft. I just think he's going to get slightly overdrafted just based off averages and and not, you know, production. Yeah, I'll just go fuck myself. I drafted him yesterday. So <laughs> oh, if you can get him, you know, if you can get him at the same spot you're getting Tedesco, like the back end of the second, then great. But I, I, it's more like top of second because all those gun fullbacks go early and people are sitting there, like especially someone that's like, pick eight, they're just like, fuck, like, do I take Grant or do I take, like, Gutho to get a fullback? And, like, I feel like he's just getting slightly overdrafted just based off the average, yeah. not the yeah, that's production. Right. But, if, yeah, if you can get him back into the second, of course, like, same spot you're getting Tedesco, but I just don't think that's happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And also, I guess we're talking draw as well. Like, when, you, when you're looking at draft finals or even head-to-head finals, the Eels have a pretty clear run. Um, Tedesco is a guy that has a buy in the in the finals period for Supercoach, so it's, it's there's there's things to weigh up in that. So, um, any love for Gutho, Matrix? Yeah, I don't know if you know this about me, but I can be arrogant, um, and I was arrogant enough to not own Gutho last year. Um, I kept seeing him punching out these stores with scores without deal bags, and I just kept fading. He can't keep doing this. He can't keep doing this. Parramatta suck. He can't keep doing this. And then he kept doing this. Um, oh, yeah, but I think... Yes, yes. It's the whisper of Reese Walsh syndrome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got on Reese Walsh, but I didn't get on Gutho. Um, so, yeah, look, I think if I start to... If I if Dillbags gets injured, say, for six weeks, uh, like he was out for six weeks, I will leave that there last season. I will look at Gutho. Yeah, right now, absolutely no chance of me having him in my team until oh, it sure. looks like he's not around in origin time. Yeah. This is a conversation for throughout the season when you're considering looking at him, when the Eels draw freeze up. There's no way in the world you're starting with him. So, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a time and place where you can own him with with Brown and Moses, but he has to be, you know, he's, ha- he's, he's going to have to lose 130K for me to look at him. During Origin, and the draw has to line up quite well. Like, there's a lot of factors that uh, are going to need me to to take Gutherson at some point in the season. Yeah, I tell you what, though, there's not really many factors to talk to take our last guy, Latrell Mitchell. Now we, we can dive in a little bit deeper on him. We, we talked about him earlier, but I mean, surely is there like is there any temptation? I know Josh, you mentioned earlier that Latrell Mitchell is a guy that you're potentially looking at, Matrix. What what needs to change or what needs to happen in the first couple of weeks to go, all right, Latrell's coming into my team uh, in round two or three? Turbo to get injured? <laughs> Can we not talk about that? I was going to say mean, him, to, him to slip in the shower. Yeah. Despite, like, despite we saw videos of him running down the course, though, like 24 hours before it. Yeah, oh. like... Like, realistically, I know that he's a lot different player to Turbo, but... I'm just going to chase the points with Turbo. I think he does have a little bit higher upside. I think that Turbo can put away bad teams better than Latrell as well. Um, but 
I do think that this is a guy that's matchup proof, and I do think I'll find myself owning him at times throughout the year. But it'll maybe be he has a niggling injury, looks disengaged for three or four weeks, drops a hundred k, starts to look fit again. We get him again. He is the definition of peaks and troughs. Like when you have a look last year, he went 62, 66, 34, 67, and then three tons in a row. Like you're talking about riding a roller coaster. Yeah. And like you're talking about riding a roller coaster with Reese Walsh. Like you, it's a roller coaster with Latrell too, but I feel like it's not even always factors in the game, which worries me in Supercoach. Yeah, it's it's so nearly impossible to pick when he's going to go on one of those runs. Like I, I remember, I think it was two years ago uh, when he came back from injury, and it was like mid season or early season, and everyone was staying off Latrell, thinking, "Oh, maybe I'm not going to look at him," and and people were a little bit scared off. And I ended up jumping on him that year, and I swear I don't remember the last time he scored a ninety or a sub ninety in in that back end of that season. He just went on this magnificent run where anybody that owned him was probably finishing top one k. It's just one of those weird runs. So if you jumped on him at the right time, you you got it right. So um, I don't I don't know whether there's t- anything else to to add. And when we're talking fullbacks, is there anybody else, Josh, that we've missed or anybody you'd like to kind of mention before we jump off? I don't know. Normally our podcasts go for an hour and a half or so, so we've got twenty five minutes. We can <laughs> we can do more Blake Taft chat if you want. Uh, but I'm um, pretty. What good. do you think of Ko Weeks? Oh yeah, yeah. Value definitely presents itself at fullback. Um, no, I think, I think that's sort of the, the core group. Fullback's not somewhere where you want to get too tricky. Um, can I, I just quickly I'm... ask, we've had some questions in the, uh, in the discord, uh, centered around, is there value in having a dual fullback? Do you want to kind of cover that? You're not going to use now. them, are you? I mean, ma- maybe during origin, especially the Kiwi ones. Um, but for now, like if Turbo goes down in round one, I just move to, Drink water. If drink water goes down, I just move to Trell. And then like I'll look at jewels during Origin when like the elite guys get picked, but no, not right now. No, and not for now because uh Sioni for now is center wing only. So oh. you're welcome. Yeah, that's tough. Um yeah. I'll let that's myself tough. out. And CNK doesn't have a CTW jewel this year, which is very disappointing. Oh, and like that's a lot of the appeal for Hammer for me, but it's a fullback that I can play in center wing, not a center yeah, wing that I have the flexibility to move back to fullback. Like, yeah, yeah jewels are great. So. I love them. Um, but yeah, a fullback jewel, you're never going to use it because I'm going to probably at some point hope my value's up there close to two mil at fullback. And it's not some, yeah, jewel scrub. <laughs> yep. Yep. Very well said. All right. Boys, that will do. I mean, fullback, kind of simple, but I mean, there's a little bit more to it. There's a few more options that are relevant this year. So hopefully we've kind of spread them out a little bit for you and, and given you our thoughts. I think it's pretty clear that we're all on Kalen Ponger and Tom Trebojevic. So, I mean, there's there's our fullback team reveal right there. But um, guys, uh, make, sure hit like and, <laughs> make sure to hit like and subscribe. Um, Obviously, if you like the content, we'll be coming to you live again to uh, talk about the week, the Vegas week just gone. We're going to be, Josh and I will be at the star. Um, hopefully happy with our teams and happy with our choices for Vegas. We'll find out soon. But then we'll review the week on Tuesday and, and preview the second half of TLT for round one. Um, guys, until then, thanks for watching. You've been listening to the Insight NRL show. We will see you next Tuesday night. Catch you later. Cheerio.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 